again, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast, presented by the Baltimore Banner. He, of course, is the former five-time All-Star and Gold Glove winner, Adam Jones. He's in Florida. I'm just Jerry Coleman. I'm in Sarasota, across the state from Adam, at a very safe distance, as he continues to keep a long-distance relationship on this podcast. Today, in episode number 22, AJ and I, well, we made a decision to go without a guest during this episode. Unprecedented because we have so much to discuss and really debate, whether it be about the World Baseball Classic, we have a big board of top five unforgivable moments in Maryland sports history, which are going to be a lot different uh, between ourselves. The outrage of the World Baseball Classic and the whining and crying out of the Big Apple you may have something to say about Lamar Jackson's situation as well. And someone's going to qualify for a Miss Shirley's $100 gift card in our Socially Speaking segment. The Unforgivable, the Unforgettable, Maryland's top sports moments. We were asked to put this together, and I'm going to provide my top five, which I think will usually differ from yours, Adam. I think everything <laughs> we talk about differs, right? So that's yeah, what makes your podcast work. You're the negative Nancy of everything. Yeah, they call me you're the just... Keith Olbermann of this podcast, and uh, we'll get to Keith a little later. But for me, I see things in a different manner than AJ. So I'm going to go from five to one, my most unforgivable moments from the time that I moved to Baltimore. And, you know, we're doing this in the time that we've been around Baltimore for the most right. part or familiar with Baltimore. I go back to 1977. Adam goes back to this century. Uh, <laughs> for me, number five, we'll go from five to one. All the lengthy all the bad contracts and deals the Orioles have given out during my time here in Baltimore since I began following the team, Albert Bell, uh, Chris Davis, which I think was the worst of the contracts, Ubaldo Jimenez, you can go back to Scott Erickson, hasn't worked out with the pitchers. Alex Cobb, he got one of the richest contracts in Oriole history, never won a game as an Oriole pitcher at Camden Yards. That, to me, was a complete failure. And then, for me, the worst trade in Orioles history since I've been around the team, That would be Manny Machado for five players, of which one is still on the Orioles roster, and that would be Dean Kramer. So I felt like the Dodgers really got over on the Orioles in that deal, and it was a little belated. Number four, number four, Mr. Jones, would be the Ray Lewis trial. We would go back to that well-known story about the night before mm -hmm. Super Bowl 34 in Atlanta. Actually, it was the night of Super Bowl 34, the Rams and the Titans, two men violently killed outside a nightclub in Atlanta. Ray and his attorneys agreed to a plea deal uh, that dropped his murder charges to obstruction of justice, despite being a Hall of Famer and Ravens legend. It still follows him to this day. I mean, when you go outside of Baltimore, as you know, and you talk about the Ravens, there's always going to be some smart ass, some smart Alec who mentions the Ray Lewis situation. I'm sure you hear always. about that all the time. Always. They always, they always will. Yeah. Mostly uninformed yeah. people. Uh, number three for me, Adam, was... A terrible day at the Preakness, the worst ever back in 1998. Anyone there that day in May, the third Saturday of May, it is every year in 1988, knows that the power went out that day. 100,000 people there, 90-degree temperatures. Now, it was bad enough that the power was out that I had to go sit in my car and turn on the AC for three hours before the race because I was sweltering. But forget the power in the AC. 
Even worse, the track lost more than $2 million in wagering because no one could make a bet no on their biggest bet. day uh, of the year. Uh, that was a killer. So yeah, uh, there was a transformer lost. that blew up apparently around the corner, and so did the race that day. The race went off without a hitch. It's just nobody could really bet on it at the track. <laughs> Number two for me, uh, Lee Evans and Billy Cundin. Uh, they were teammates for the Ravens, and their tragic miscues in the 2011 AFC Championship loss at New England blew a trip to the Super Bowl, which they won a year later without those two being on the roster. So there was redemption. But what a heartbreaking loss that was. What a throw by Flacco. Gets it in there. The defender, Sterling Moore, never able to turn around, and that was an incomplete pass. Look at this right here. Honorable mention, I got to mention uh, Jeffrey Mayer, Mayer stealing that ball from Tony Tarasco back in 1997 <laughs> at Yankee Stadium. Richie Garcia did a terrible job with that call. Must have been on the Yankees' payroll. And number one for me, I'll wrap it up, was, well, when you lose your NFL team or any team, and you're a child, I was 16, 17, and 84 when the Colts left in the middle of the night because of drunk Bob Ursay taking that team on a Mayflower band to Indianapolis, and the rest is history as they went right down Reisterstown Road and Owings Mill straight to Indy. So that's my list. Mine goes back decades. <clears throat> Even Keith Olbermann thinks I'm a little bit negative, but I'm curious to see what made your big board, and I'm sure it differs from mine. Yeah, you're a man. You just, you're a negative, Nancy man. You're, you're negative. I'm gonna go positive that. because I like positivity. And here's mine. Number one, I'm gonna start off with B. Rob's year 56 doubles switch hitting record. High fly ball, right field. He got a lot of it. Back is Blackman. That ball's off the scoreboard and in play. Marquette scores. Pierce is being sent. Here comes Pierce to the plate. The throw is off the line. And Pierce slides in. There's the big base hit the birds have been looking for. That was unbelievable. And I moved to hitting second that year. So I made the all-star team solely because of him. He was on base, stole, hit a double, stole third. I just had to put the ball in play. I got RBI. B-Rob, I love you. That's absolutely unbelievable. Um, another one I'm going to go with is the making the playoffs in 2012. It was a 15-year drought since 1997. And trust me, everybody let us know that you guys got a chance to make the playoffs. And it was just magical. I know we lost to uh, the Yankees, but we, we won the wild card game, the first wild card game. We lost to the Yankees in five. I mean, beating CeCe Sabathia beat us. That ball was fair. That McLeod hit. Uh, still kiss my ass with that major league baseball because that was fair ball. Come on, okay. Um, the next one I'll go with three is the is the added on to that year was the Ravens Super Bowl run that I personally went on, and the Ravens and all the people there in the front office was so amazing with getting us tickets and everything. And we went obviously the home game went to freezing ass Denver nine degrees. Me and my boy PT freezing. Um, went to New England. We took freezing. a big group up there. It was 40. It wasn't that bad. Phelps All was right. there. You was there. And that was great. Then went to the Super Bowl, the power outage. The best thing about the power outage is nobody could use their credit cards. I had cash because uh, I don't. I always got cash for some reason. And I was. I bought a bunch of people drinks, and they didn't pay me back yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, they haven't. Another one would be number four. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Number two is, in my history, is uh, Eddie's 500 home run. This might be it. Way back it is. It's gone. 
500 for Eddie Murray. That yeah. is an iconic home run. 500 is an iconic number. It's You don't see it often anymore. There's a couple players in today's game that might get there. Who knows? Um, you were there. Um, it was one year to the day. Yeah. One year to the day that Ripken broke the record. Oh, wow. That's it was the next bad. year, the same day. That's even impressive, even more impressive. And he came back to Baltimore after yep. being away for a couple of years. And obviously, number one moment in Baltimore is is just obviously uh, Cal Ripken, 21-31. What began on May 30th, 1982, and continues September 6th, 1995. This game with the Angels trailing is now in the books. And let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr. has reached the unreachable star. There's nothing more iconic. I was a 10-year-old kid watching that. There's nothing more iconic, I think, in sports uh, because winning and losing, okay, sometimes that's not, that's not always in your, in, your, uh, in your control. He played 26-32 straight. People can't play a week straight. And he did 16 and three quarters years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Straight. Yes. And for straight. a while played every inning until his dad put a stop to that. I've I seen that. And most people won't even get that chance in ever, ever, ever at a career. And that, that I was a 10 year old kid watching that. And then obviously when I put on that oral uniform, you see me, I had to play every day. I, it was a different position. So I had a little bit more nicks and bruises. But I, I posted because what did I look like saying I need a day off when the guy with a statue out there played 26-32? What the hell? I look, I look weak. So that's why I played every day because I put that uniform on and it's like, man, I slapped that eight. Like, I got to play every day no matter how I feel. So that's mine because I'm the positive guy, okay? My top five. Yeah, you're too positive sometimes for this <laughs> podcast. But that's what makes this podcast work is – uh a negative Nancy and a, a positive former ball player. Exactly. All right. We should mention, and we're always brought to you by our fine sponsors. The Adam Jones podcast is brought to you by the locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe, an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. Miss Shirley's Cafe has also been named Maryland's favorite restaurant by the Restaurant Association of Maryland. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com. Also by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. That's BMW of Towson. They're easily located just off York Road and exit 26A on 695. BMW of Towson, very customer friendly. And also by Be More Around Town. They have their opening day orange tailgate coming for Thursday, April the 6th. Last year, over 2,000 attended this all-inclusive event. And Be More Around Town is on pace to sell out again this year. Live music, six different food and sweets vendors, and did I mention the full open bar? Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com. Be part of the orange tailgate at BeMoreAroundTown.com. Also brought to you by our good friends at the Weinman Group. And by Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, 
Ready to drink. Please drink responsibly. Whiskey Specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And by G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. And special thanks to the Baltimore Banner. Go to thebaltimorebanner.com to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. Let me say that again. Go to thebaltimorebanner.com forward slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for just $1. That's the Baltimore Banner. All right, let's move on to our For the Birds portion of the program and some Orioles spring training observations. I wanted to pass along to you because I heard yours. The pitch clock. I feel yeah. like you're right. It, it does hurry the game, Adam. I can see where it you're does. coming from. And especially in the last three innings when the game's on the line, maybe they should reconsider adding a few more seconds yeah. there. But the pace for me seemed to be fine at the beginning of the game. In fact, what's interesting is I went to a game in Bradenton and the clock wasn't as visible as it was at Ed Smith Stadium. I do feel like it should be behind home plate. So obviously the pitcher and the outfielders and feelers can see it. But also, it should be in the outfield so the batters can see it and everyone who's in the dugout. So, I, 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 But I haven't seen anyone really openly complain just yet, AJ. I feel like that time is coming when the regular season starts. Well, I, I don't think nobody is really complaining because all the big-name guys have left for the WBC. That's why. You know what I mean? Fair point. No, no, like Man, Manny, made a, Manny made a joke of it the first day. You know what I mean? Oh, I got a strike. It looks like I'm mean, – but if, if that happened four, five, six, eight times, he's going to get pissed. He's going to get really mad. He's going to get, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I think that it's it's good that the, the guys uh, are back in spring training. They're getting their at-bats. I've seen that, you know, a lot of guys are back in their home sites. Um, so that they can get back used to it. The WBC does not have it. It is it, it is take your time, have some fun. Um, but it's going to be an adjustment. I think 15 is quick. It's It's quick. Uh, I know with nobody on base, you want to get the at-bats over. Maybe it might go to 18 to 20. Um, but, again, that's what you have spring training for. And, again, it's annoying and it's adjustments, but the umpires have to adjust to it. They don't want to enforce this rule. They don't want to strike out. They don't want to call a strike. Again, it's always about who's in the box. If, if Trout's in the box and the game's on the line, you call a strike three on him because he did something extra, that's not, that's not going to fly. So I just think that there are just going to be some adjustments, like we talked with Buck about. Maybe in the latter innings, they adjust it. Because if you get to the sixth innings, the top seven is 830, I think most people will be happy with that, opposed to it's bottom four and it's pushing nine. You know what I mean? Agreed. It's a rush job, yeah. and I think it's unnecessary, especially if the game's going yeah. at a very fair pace. But you need – but hitters – the thing is, is that I don't care what the outside world says, I don't care what fans say, hitters need to sit and think about the situation. Mm-hmm. You need to assess the situation. You can't just say, oh, first and third, I need to go hit. That's not it. That's not just the situation. Who's pitching? What's the shift like? What inning is it? Everything has a scenario to it. And if you limit the time, you limit their their thought process. So a little more time. Not, we're not, again, we're not, we don't need 30 seconds. But give us a little more time in the box to be able to analyze it. One other observation from Sarasota. I love the fact, and maybe, I don't know if they did it with you guys as much, but it seems like the Orioles now and a lot of teams are playing more night games, which to me is a no-brainer because the majority uh, of your games are at night. And I understand, exactly. you know, you, you're in in the morning, you want to get your work done and get out of there after the game, but you come in a little later for these night games, you get to test the lights, 
and you get acclimated to that type of atmosphere, which you're going to be in more so than you are during the day. It's the only thing that's that is just weird about night games and spring training is that the thought, the just the word spring training means I wake up early. Like I'm, yeah. I'm up early. I'm up. I'm up. Me, you know, we talked to Mullins about it. I'm up before the sun. I'm there. I'm getting my work in early. But then when you have that night game, you still get up early. But then you're like, oh, I'm gonna go back to bed, and then I'm gonna have breakfast with my family, and then it, that turns into a normal day. And it's smart to have more night games, especially the last uh, ten to fourteen days of spring training, because again, majority of days, uh, majority of your uh, of your games are at night. And Buck was always good about um, doing our workouts. And every time we did a workout. We always did an evening workout or simulated whatever time it was. If we started on the road and we had a three a three o'clock game, our workout was you know workout started at one. That's when our stretch would start, and we you know we did our workout because you know we are act, we get acclimated to the times. And but it's just I remember spring training every night game. Night games were tough because you're just tired because you're not used to being up that long. You're used to being at that night. You're used to being at home relaxing. And then you got BP at four o'clock. You're like, oh man, I'm, I'm not even loose. It's 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 a <laughs> tough adjustment, but that's why you have spring training. Spring training is for all these adjustments. Yeah, they've been attempting it once a week. I think it's a nice yeah. idea. I think all it's right, great. Uh, but it's great to get out that sun too. You know, it's yeah. hot. It, it gets hot down there, and it's great. It's great to to get out that sun. You don't want to look like a Louis Vuitton bag. You mentioned Cedric Mullins. Now, when I look at the Orioles right now, a lot of publicity, deservedly so, being given to Rushman. But for me, the leaders in that clubhouse have to be, for me, Cedric Mullins and John Means because of tenure, right? Right. Of course. I mean, Mullins obviously is, has the biggest voice or should have the biggest voice in the clubhouse. Yeah. Just, again, due to tenure um, and, and also not just tenure, accolade. I mean, I've always said that you can have tenure, but if you just tenure and you were just serviceable, but if you're somebody like, again, like a Machado, hey, well, as soon as Machado came in, bro, you can come, you can come into these meetings. So you you can come into the you can come into the vet meetings. I don't care if you're a rookie. <laughs> so you 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 got the cachet to come in here. We need you, okay? So like, I I believe he does means also. Um, but again, Rushman is getting the most attention, obviously, because you know he's one of the top five catchers in all of baseball, and obviously being a number one one overall, and uh, you know exceeding all the expectations up to this point. He's right on cue to doing everything that he's supposed to do as a one one and. Rightfully so, you get the attention. But at the end of the day, he's still a younger guy, um, but he's the catcher. So it's like he's young, he's good, and he's a, and he's the floor general. So it, to me, it's the same thing as Weeders. When Weeders got called up, it was like, hey, bro, you 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 know what you're doing. You're a leader. You are a leader. And we didn't take anything. We didn't like limit Weeders. We didn't say, hey, now do this, do that, because you're younger. No, we said, now nah, you know what you're doing. Hey, take the reins. And uh, that's what Russian is doing. He takes the reins. And, and, but I think that that's college. You know, by him going to college, being a college player, for three years being a catcher, like getting to know so many different people in the program, that, that, that right there, that's leadership pretty much. And you can't teach that. Certainly helped out. All right, getting away from the Orioles yeah. and speaking of leaders, Lamar Jackson is the undisputed leader of the Ravens. Uh, the yeah. question is what's going to happen sure. with Lamar? Uh, nobody has jumped as we record this, at the chance to sign Lamar. It seems like he may be coming back to the Ravens. I don't know if it's collusion or not. I don't think it is. I just think it's the owner saying Deshaun Watson's contract was so outrageous. We're not going to match that. But again, he remains in limbo, and it's right. been a while now. And 
I just think the Ravens had a plan in place and probably knew that no other team was going to jump out and maybe match their number or try and exceed any type of contract offer they made. I think it was, I mean, the Ravens, we talked about it a while ago. There were the three options, three scenarios. And this third scenario was calling the bluff. And that's what they're doing. But I think it's total BS outside of it. You mean to tell me, and I follow RG3 a lot, you mean to tell me that there ain't enough teams that can use this guy? Come on, be honest with it. Be honest with yourself. Well, that, of you course there me, are. You mean to, you, the Carolina Panthers suck, suck. You mean to tell me that they can't use Lamar Jackson? Like, please explain that to me. You can't use Lamar Jackson's talent. You can build offense around them. The Jets, I, again, they're focused with Aaron Rodgers, and they got Aaron Rodgers. But you mean to tell me his – his dynamicness in that offense with that running game and that receivers and that incredible defense. He Atlanta can't take them over. Atlanta. We can we can go on and list. That's like that's Detroit. What but again, it's a different it's a different industry and the owners completely control it. And they're saying, look it, we're not giving them more guaranteed contracts. That's what you want. We know that. Or we uh, we assume that because it, I don't think anybody's ever I don't think Lamar's ever came out and said, this is exactly what I want. Has he ever has he ever uttered those exactly no. or has it always been is always been stupid speculation by the media that this is what Lamar Jackson wants because he wants what how does that has anybody sat down with Lamar and said, Lamar, what do you really want? Maybe DaCosta has, maybe Harbaugh has. We haven't, but maybe somebody has. I don't think Adam Scheffler has. I don't think anybody of them guys have because they keep reporting BS. Like Aaron Rodgers yep. tweeted out the other day. Hey, lose my number. Because these false, these stupid false narratives, man. That's how this industry is. I get it. Media, we have to do a job, but don't lie on it. Don't don't create your own narrative just just so you can be like, see, I I told you so. I was first. That doesn't work in the sports world because these athletes now will call you a jackass. They will. I get that lose my number text from you every other day, so I know how (laughs) how, uh, Schefter and some of these other people feel. But (laughs) yeah, I hear where you're coming from, and again, it goes back to not having an agent to be able to be your mouthpiece out there. You're your own mouthpiece, so sometimes things do get confused, but it's coming to a resolution soon, and I expect them to be be. wearing Ravens Ravens colors, but there's some stupid teams out there that blew their opportunity. I'm with you on that. Stupid teams, man, and that just shows you that, like, not everybody wants to. Not everybody cares about winning. They care. It's when you're making like when you're making buku money. Just with the TV I'll, money alone, they're they're already in the green. I'll fill yeah. the team and have my fans. You think these owners read social media? Some do. Well, I don't. No. All right, time to head into the spaceship and venture beyond Baltimore <laughs> as we talk oh, about. Oh. Things going on outside of the Charm City, and there are plenty. Yeah. Let's begin with where you are right now in South Florida at the World Baseball Classic so far. Uh, well, you threw out the first pitch before the Venezuela game where the U.S. came back with a dramatic victory. There's that ball right there. It's a little scuffed up. Uh, why didn't no, you throw not. from the mound? No, because it was two people throwing. It was me and Felix. You know I saw I mean? it. And Who threw it, harder, was, you or King Felix? We both threw some change-ups. We were talking about it before. We were like, hey, don't throw so hard, man. I ain't threw a ball in so long. Dude, man, we grew up together. And it's crazy that he's played so long and is still younger than me. Well, he's younger than me. By, he's about to turn 37, like, soon. So, uh, but what a great guy. What a great competitor. And, hey, you got to, you got to get out there with El Cartelulo. Me and him came up together. We played in Venezuela together. We played in the minors a little bit together. Played in the big leagues together. Like, we faced each other so many times. He broke my foot. 
all kind of stuff. <laughs> and we also got a nice shout out on the big fox from our friend Kenny Albert. As Ken Rosenthal talked about earlier, it was Adam Jones who was brought into the clubhouse for a pep talk prior to the game tonight by manager Mark DeRosa. Now an ambassador for Major League Baseball and co-host of a podcast with Baltimore sportscaster Jerry Coleman. So Adam Jones keeping busy, but he was one of the heroes for Team USA six years ago in the WBC. He sure was, defensively and offensively. So we appreciate that. But uh, what I didn't get to hear on Fox, because I guess it was private, you gave a pep talk to the team before they went out and came from behind and beat Venezuela, obviously, because of your pep talk. What was it like speaking to the greatest players in the world? They're all getting your attention. Well, I mean, when you're talking to people who are going, these guys are better than me, just just call it a spade a spade. My message was it was be dynamic because the Latin players play in their country, they play different. They play a different style, it's different emotion. It's no disrespect to playing for the Houston Astros, for the Baltimore Orioles, for the Yankees, for the Indians. It's no disrespect for that. But you're putting on your country's, your country's colors. It's a completely different game. You see, when they get base hits, they, it, it is a party. And my whole thing to Team USA was I've seen that before. I played against Puerto Rico. I played against Mexico. I played against the Dominican Republic many times. And I've seen it in the stands. I told them, y'all going to have to do that. Only way to mat, to beat these guys, you have to match their energy because Team USA scored three runs in the first inning. When they got the third out, I was standing next to some kid, and then uh, I was like, the, the Venezuelan fans act like they had a one, two, three inning with three strikeouts. <laughs> they just gave up three, and they, they were like, let's go, and then they put up two runs. That right there, like, in America, you give up three. In New York, boo, boo. <laughs> Martin, Martin Perez didn't make it out the first inning. They were cheering him. If Lance Lynn didn't make it out the first inning, they'd be booing the hell out of him. It's a difference of passion. And I had to tell them guys that you're going to have to root for these guys. You guys get a base hit. I don't give a damn if you want to put your foot on the, on the board. Like Play like it's the World Series. Put your foot on the board. And this is truly the World Series, honestly, now. Because it's the world. And yep. put your foot on the, on the damn stop of the stair. Be, a, be, be a, a 16-year-old all over again. Cheer your guys on. Be there for everybody. And from the first pitch to the last pitch, those dudes were – absolutely just just on 10 and i spoke with uh nolan after the game and he was just exhausted just physically mentally just drained and that was how i felt in the wbc was just i was just drained and not saying i wasn't drained after 162 oreo games but it hit different well i'm curious i'm curious because you just went to the world cup a few months ago and here you Mm -hmm. are back at the world baseball classic and the atmosphere in miami seemed like off the hook People weren't sitting down. Flags were being waved. I'm probably one of those curmudgeons sitting behind these people saying, do you mind sitting down so I can see the 100%. game? That's not the way it works at the World Baseball Classic. No, you you, you definitely going to be like a down in front type of guy. Yeah, no. and they turn around and give me uh, a finger. Quickly. Now, I ain't going to turn around. You're going to turn around and punch you. Uh, <laughs> it is, I'm like, if, if, if a count gets 2-0, they stand up. Count gets 3-1, they stand up. Full count, two outs, they stand up. Like, they're looking for every single moment to stand up and cheer. And here's the biggest thing I take away from it all, though. I went to Puerto Rico, Mexico. Mexico, obviously, beat Puerto Rico. 
there for an hour after the game on the concourse, the Puerto Rican and Mexican fans were still dancing, still playing music. It's bigger than baseball. Yeah, that's what folks don't get. It is camaraderie amongst nations, man. And I get it. America, we have so many, so many other things to do. NFL is obviously they take over all of our attention with everything. Who cares? It's the offseason in the NFL, but they take over all of our attention. Basketball is second. And baseball gets a little bit of bleep. This is the best event. I don't care what you say. Besides the actual playoffs, this is the best event. These are the best players in the world. I mean, Mookie Betts yeah. is jumping out of the dugout with the yes. game-winning uh, Trey Turner hit. Obviously, the field was mobbed. The celebration went on forever. As you tweeted out, you tell me these guys don't care. No one's seen Mike Trout this animated. No one's seen him with this much passion. Again, I want to see him as a baseball fan with this much passion in October because I want to see the Angels because he's him and Otani are the best players in baseball. You want to see them there. But this is the this is the stage you're getting them. Get it and enjoy it. You have the game's best players, man. Go be crazy. All these games, they're wild. The fans are into it. Everything is sold out. Everything is sold out. So if you're trying to get a ticket, you got to go on StubHub's. Absolutely. Now, there is a negative tone to it. It's not like me to bring up the negative, but you had to respond to it. This uh, buffoon, yeah. Keith Olbermann, who's a New York Mets apologist. You know, it's interesting. And I said this to you the other day. Yeah, we know that Jose Altuve has gotten hurt. He's going to miss some time. Same with Freddie Freeman. But this injury to Mets star reliever Edwin Diaz that came during a celebration, it was awful, okay? There's no other way yep. to put it. It was awful to see, to see exactly. a brother in tears, to see him carried off the field. Yet the New York outrage just makes me nauseous because had this been a pitcher from a smaller market, I don't think we would have heard the outcry, especially out of New York, the whining that they need to cancel this event because it ruins careers and seasons. Get lost. It's, it's, it, some people just don't want to understand culture. And, you know, some people don't have culture. Um, Keith Olbermann. I wouldn't say he doesn't. I believe he does. I believe he knows his culture. I believe he knows his history. Unlike a lot of African-Americans who don't know their culture and history. That's why these events are great to other people around. America is, I heard somebody say America is a melting pot one time. And I also heard, I love this lady, Jane Elliott. She said, America should be a salad bowl because you should appreciate each individual the way they are, like a salad. Opposed to a melting pot, everybody's blended, which, of course, I ain't America. Everybody ain't blended and everybody ain't treated the same. But uh, it's the passion, man. It's 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 different. Evan Diaz injury sucks. Nobody said anything about Drew Smiley tearing his shoulder in 2017. Keith Overman, where the hell were you then? Anybody. Mm -hmm. Who said things besides the Mariners? The Mariners were pissed. Very pissed. <laughs> pissed, pissed. But who said there was no national outcry about it? Teixeira tore his wrist in 2013. That's right. I was in the I was in the cage looking. I'm like, oh, shit. Shit. Like, damn. And there was, there was outcry about it, but social media obviously wasn't the, the conglomerate that it is today. They're only making a gist because of Zayn Diaz. And I seen Brandon Nemo, who said some things about it also. I think he only picked on his – I only think he only picked on him because he wouldn't say that about Trout. He wouldn't have said that about Mookie, okay? He wouldn't have said that. I know that. Um and then the next day, he ended up, fortunately, he gets hurt in a spring training game, an exhibition game, supposedly, right? A supposed baseball. Look, you can get hurt. I, I got hurt. I got a back spasm. I had to miss four games by picking up my damn son. 
Okay. It was a fluke can, injury with Diaz. Musgrove, Musgrove dropped a, a, a weight on his toe. Um, Bauer, that was stupid what Bauer did by catching a damn, uh, by trying to catch a drone. But yeah. again, forget, yeah, I let my drone hit the damn ground. That's stupid. Me and Reggie, right. we know. Let the drone hit the ground. Come on. Um, but like, these are freak injuries that can happen on, and you can, you can fall off and slip in a, step in a mud hole. You can hit the bag wrong. It's like Joe Boo needs a refill, but Harris getting hit with the bat and batting practice. Obviously that doesn't happen as much, but there's so many freak accidents and people just want to be down and, and complain about everything. A lot of people in this, a lot of people in the world like the bitch complain, purely simple. This event is amazing. And the growth is amazing. The Nicaraguan kid struck out three of baseball's best hitters. Okay. He got a minor league deal the next day. The guy who struck out Otani is a damn electrician team check. These guys, these guys, pay normal taxes, not, not athlete salaries. And they're on the biggest stage in their lives to change their lives, man. That's what this event is about. And I'm glad to be part of it. I'm glad to play twice. I'm glad to support it. And I'll, for the future, I'll always be a part of it. Kiss my well, ass who don't like it. It's going to keep on going. I don't see it ending. Uh, Santander, this year. breaking. No. Anthony it's Santander, gonna continue. breaking. Okay. In other news, though, you did mention Trevor Bauer, and he's now a former Dodger. 29 other major league teams passed on him. So he's taking his talents like you once did to Japan. How do you think Trevor Bauer is going to play with the Japanese crowds, fans, and teammates over there? How, how will he acclimate? Well, I mean, obviously, Trevor Bauer stuff plays in the MLB. Um, I just think nobody wants, nobody wants to deal with the baggage. Okay, that's up to, that's up to you. Um, but I think he's better than a lot of guys that a lot of guys are going to run out there. Okay. Um, but again, it comes with baggage. Uh, I think he's going to be do really well over there because he seems to the way his throwing programs have been that, that he's shown and posted. I think it fits all of that over there with the stuff that they be doing and, and like watching this stuff and then going to see, and I think it fits the work ethic, because he's a very, very hard worker, and I think it, it, you know, it, it fits the work ethic. Uh, it's a place that he can go and just pitch. Um, I think, I think language barrier is a, is a good thing and bad thing at times. It's a good thing when you just want to go drown out everything. It's a bad thing we try to understand everything. Uh, like me, I went over there and I just wanted to drown out a lot of stuff, and it was easy. It was perfect. And then times I wanted to understand stuff, it was frustrating because I didn't know the language. But the not trying to understand stuff definitely overshadowed trying to understand it. Um, but I just think he's going to go over there and, and dominate, honestly. He's got stuff. He's going to the Central League, which is not the Pacific League. Uh, he's going to have to face the, the, the stud, though, Mun, Munataki. Uh, Munin, ah, Muninori, yes. And I, I think he's going to dominate, honestly. Um, and there's a possibility that, you know, if you do good over there, they'll keep you and they'll pay you. Uh, again, he's better than a lot of guys that teams are going to run out sure. here. Okay, let's 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 make that perfectly clear. But it comes with baggage. Yep. Well, he needed a change of scenery. He's got it. So we'll see how that plays. And out. He's pitching. He needs to pitch. It, it's again with, with the talent. He needs to pitch. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's still able to to play. Uh, it was either if it was Mexico or somewhere. I'm glad he's able to play because. Um, he, a talent like that needs to play. He should be leaning on you for some advice on uh, where to go and what to do over there, by the way. <laughs> Good for All you. right. 
Let's put a bow and tie on the podcast with another edition of Socially Speaking. This is where we answer a tweet or social media posts, and you qualify for a nice reward like a $100 gift card from Miss Shirley. So this week, Adam, for our Socially Speaking segment, we heard from a fan named Kelly Wilson. She's on Twitter, at Kelly 8 She's raising awareness for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and celebrated Pi Day this past last week with a pie in the face from her kids. Thank you to everybody who donated to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Pie in the face day! Now I'm going to get hit in the face with some pies. Ellie? <laughs> Alright, Benny, your turn. Go, Benny. Come on, Benny. Do it! <laughs> Now, AJ, Kelly's been a longtime Orioles fan, big time fan of yours throughout your entire career. And Kelly, for your tweet and for rating the podcast five stars, you're automatically entered into our next Miss Shirley's $100 gift card giveaway. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener. And we wish you all the best. A reminder to qualify for the gift card or any of our giveaways. Follow us on social media at Adam Jones Pod at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and rate us on, on Apple Podcasts. Show us the evidence. Not too difficult. And then you qualify. <laughs> and also, you can email us to theadamjonespod at gmail.com. We're always brought to you by our fine sponsors. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by the locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe, an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. Miss Shirley's Cafe has also been named Maryland's favorite restaurant by the Restaurant Association of Maryland. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com. Also by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. That's BMW of Towson. They're easily located just off York Road and exit 26A on 695. BMW of Towson, very customer friendly. And also by Be More Around Town. They have their opening day orange tailgate coming for Thursday, April the 6th. Last year, over 2,000 attended this all-inclusive event. And Be More Around Town is on pace to sell out again this year. Live music, six different food and sweets vendors, and did I mention the full open bar head to be more be part of the orange tailgate at be more also brought to you by our good friends at the wineman group and by jack daniels two legends one can jack and coke the number one cocktail in the world is now available in a can Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink. Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And by G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. And special thanks to the Baltimore Banner. Go to thebaltimorebanner.com to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. Let me say that again. Go to thebaltimorebanner.com forward slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for just one dollar. That's the Baltimore Banner. One last thing. Speaking of social media, I saw mm-hmm. you tweeted this week, and I don't blame yeah. you, that if you don't have an avatar of yourself, if you <laughs> won't identify yourself or you're hiding behind a fake name 
you're not going to be following or responding to these people. And I say, bravo for that, because I'm in the same boat. Uh, these accounts, which may be bot accounts for all I know, uh, I, I don't need to deal with that. What prompted your uh, response from one of these tweets? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's so many bot accounts. I mean, your name is three letters and then a serial code. Shut right. up. Again, I, I, I know there's, again, there's people running these and these big think tanks and running these stuff, but um, show yourself. What are you hiding? All these people out in this world right now with these masks on. Again, we don't have to wear masks in America no more, right? Nope. People, were com- people were complaining about masks, correct? Mm-hmm. I remember that. People were complaining. So why are there so many people, these crazy folks wearing masks nowadays? Why? Why are you wearing masks? Take, a, take the mask off. Show yourself. You don't have to wear masks. The government says stop. Shut up. Show yourself, man. I'm tired of people. If, but again, if you have a cute dog, cute animal, a parrot, a rabbit, a snake, cool. I like animals. I'm a big animal fan. Um, but I mean, you, you got a picture of Bobby's world. Or you got a picture of an avatar of a, a Fortnite character. I'm not responding to you. You sound like you, you, you I think you're like 14. Okay. Or worse than be, egg. Be an adult. Be an adult. If you got an egg, you're definitely a bot. But if you're a grown, if you're an adult, if you're an adult, you should have a, you should have a solid solid avatar I, I personally believe like what are you hiding you no disagreement here yeah. Howard show yourself will you <laughs> well that wraps it up for this latest edition of the Adam Jones podcast number 22 next week we'll be back with a very special guest trust us on that we want to thank our senior executive producer a man you want on every zoom meeting and our new voiceover guy the great Chip Franklin for putting this episode together yeah That's the way he's got to do it with the pie in the face. That's for you, Kelly. That's for you, Kelly. Go out, subscribe to the Baltimore banner. We'll be back next week. Until then, be real, be kind, and be back next week. Please. 